You're listening to the Quality of Love Podcast, your home for all things love, relationship, and mental health. Hosted by nationally certified life and relationship coach, Tyrone Dixon. Sit back, relax, and get tips on creating the life you deserve without wasting any more time. Welcome to the Quality of Love podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone Dixon, nationally certified life and relationship coach, husband, father to two beautiful princesses, and CEO and founder of Rose Through Concrete Consulting. Thank you guys for taking the time out to listen in with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Tonight, you guys have made it to another hump day. So again, that means you got another question and answer episode geared up and ready to go for you guys. All right, tonight's episode is is very very special. Right, I uh, took the time over the weekend actually to acknowledge the fact that I've made it this far. Uh, I haven't said it in a while on the podcast, but I've made it this far in terms of being able to answer questions that you guys have that you guys have submitted to me in one form or another, whether that was uh, through email, through the Facebook page that we have. Uh, through Messenger, whatever it was, uh, I've been fortunate enough and extremely blessed to now have answered your questions so many times. So I want to say I appreciate that and keep them coming. Keep them questions coming. I appreciate being able to give practical advice. I appreciate all the emails that you guys have sent me, letting me know that tips here and there have helped. So I appreciate it. It's love. It, it keeps me going. It keeps me uh, focused and steady, keeping things steady here at the quality of love. So I appreciate it, guys. Keep it coming. And of course, as you guys know, I'll keep doing my best to provide that practical advice. All right. Today's quote of the week comes from one of my favorite new artists. Uh, Actually, I discovered him. I did not discover him myself. Let me not tell a lie here. One of my good friends put me on to this gentleman. His name is Toby Ngakwe, and he's a rapper. Um, Actually, uh, yeah, I guess I'll say he's a rapper, Um, but he raps about a lot of positivity, in particular, black positivity. And the quote of the week this week comes from this gentleman. If you don't know about him, I invite you to look him up. He's an extremely powerful gentleman. Um, But the quote of the week comes from Toby Ngakwe, and the quote reads as such, I'm going to try to do one thing for the next 10 years of my life consistently, and I'll just see where that leads me. Again, that quote is, I'm going to try to do one thing for the rest of my life, or actually for 10 years, excuse me, over 10 years of my life, and see where that leads me. Once again, let me read that again. I'm going to try to do one thing every day for 10 years of my life and see where that leads me. And for me, that quote means a lot, guys, because it just... it factors in um, the consistency, right? And Toby Ngakwe, he ended up doing it. It's a long story short. He ended up doing um, videos consistently over the course of 10 years, and he's now kind of reaping the rewards of his hard work. So it brings to mind consistency to me. And I think that in times of especially adversity, it's very important to be consistent. All right. So there's my quote of the week or our quote of the week, I should say, um, from Toby Ngakwe. Again, if you have not, uh, heard of this gentleman or heard of his music, I invite you to listen to it. It's extremely powerful. All right, let's touch on our questions from our relationship and mental health side of things. Question number one, if I am mad because my boyfriend is flirting with other girls and we are not going to solve the problem, will that lead to a breakup? 
Once again, that question is, if I am mad because my boyfriend is flirting with other girls and we are not solving, going to solve the problem, excuse me, will that lead to a breakup? I think it will, uh, in particular, in, in the situation in which you are not having your needs met by your boyfriend. Um, and I think that's I, I speak on it a lot, but I think that's a really critical element of any relationship, especially any relationship that you want to last for a long time. You have to have both partners with a willingness to meet each other's needs. And it sounds like right now, um, the flirting piece of things is really bothering you and really affecting you in some sort of way. So if you can't solve that problem or if you guys can't figure out a way to solve that problem, I absolutely do believe that'll lead to breakup. I do um, invite you to have a conversation and, and let them know how much it is affecting you and let them know that it's, it's one of your non-negotiables, which it sounds like which it's not. It's there's nothing wrong with that because there are a lot of uh, people in relationships that have the non-negotiable of not wanting their partner to flirt with others. So have that conversation. If it doesn't lead anywhere, uh, like you said, and the problem does not get solved, I would certainly prepare for breakup. Question number two. What was the lowest point in your marriage or relationship and were you able to overcome it? Once again, that question is, what was the lowest point in your marriage or relationship and were you ever, ever able to overcome it? Uh, I would say no. I, as I think and reflect on this question, I did reflect it over, it over the course of the last week or so. Um, I think the lowest point I ever reached in terms of being in a relationship with someone was when I started to believe the things that they projected upon me. Um, so uh, them saying things like I was a bum or I would never amount to being anything uh, or I would I made it through college, but I didn't have anything going for myself. Things like that. Uh, when I heard things like that uh, up until that point, it wouldn't it wouldn't affect me. But being around a person for so long um, and hearing it so much on a daily basis, I think it it started to sink in. And once I, I started to believe those things, I think that that was probably the lowest point that I had ever gotten to um, in a relationship because my confidence was shaken and I'm not usually a shaky person. So um, I would say that was the lowest point that I've ever gotten to in terms of a relationship. And I was not able to overcome it within that relationship. Uh, I had to uh, me and that person break up and eventually heal and find myself once again and be able to be uh, more uh, of a whole person for the next relationship that I had. Question number three, what's the strangest thing you've done just after a breakup? Once again, that question is, what's the strangest thing you've done just after a breakup? I know this is going to sound strange, but um, strange, that's funny. No, no pun intended, of course. And I know this is going to sound off, but I think the strangest thing that I've done after a relationship was, or a breakup in a relationship was hop into another relationship, right? And it's very, very dangerous to do that. And I know it's, it can seem like the easy thing to do in a lot of cases, but it's very, very dangerous when you hop from relationship to relationship, because to me, you don't allow yourself time to heal. And I, I didn't allow myself time to heal. So I think that after a breakup, Hopping immediately into another relationship is very, very um, strange because you don't give yourself that time to heal, which means that you're not really presenting your most authentic self to your new partner, which for me, I can almost guarantee that somewhere down the line, that's going to cause you guys some trouble. 
Okay, so I, <laughs> I know that's probably not what you expected to hear, but that's really, for me, the strangest thing that I, I've done is just hop right back into another relationship thinking that it would solve something and it didn't, right? I needed to take that time to heal, which I would invite you to if you're in that same situation. Question number four, would you distance yourself from your child if they turned out to be a spoiled brat? Once again, that question is, would you distance yourself from your child if they turned out to be a spoiled brat? I would not. I wouldn't. Um, having been, been a child, obviously, and having children, I think that what what I've come to realize as a parent is that your your children will, will always need you. Whether they know it or not, um, life has its ups and downs. There are going to be times where you get into it just to, uh, as human beings. Again, all human beings have different dynamics. So whether your children, they are your children or not, um, there's going to be conflict within that relationship. But I firmly believe that all children need their parents forever or for as long as you could possibly provide. So I would not turn my back on them or distance myself from them. I would continue to try to provide uplifting advice to them in the hopes that they'll eventually turn around. And I've been told at least that there are stages in which kids go through. Um, and I've, I mean, I guess I can attest to it myself as well. Um, there are stages in which kids go through in which they don't like their parents or they feel like they feel some type of way about their parents um, for one reason or another, right? Whether they felt they were too disciplined or whether they felt they weren't disciplined enough or didn't have enough structure, they're going to feel some type of way. But as kids get older, as we grow older parents, uh, we realize that everything that you guys were telling us was right. And you guys really did have our best interests at heart, even though we were knuckleheads. So Keep giving your kid the good advice, and if they are spoiled, hopefully they'll eventually turn around and see that um, all the things that you did for them was in in the hopes that they can be the best person that they can be and give to others. Question number five, why do guilty people hate innocent people? Once again, that question is, why do guilty people hate innocent people? That's a good question. I think whenever you talk about hate specifically as an emotion, whenever someone hates someone, it, it's a reflection of something that they're they're either missing or something that they have inside. So when you ask me the question of why do guilty or or why do guilty people hate innocent people? I think because in a lot of ways, guilty people want to have the qualities that innocent people have, but they can't for some reason. Right. For one reason or another. They continue to uh, associate with certain people. They continue to lead a life of crime. They continue to not be law abiding citizens for whatever. Again, no judgment here for whatever reason they do it. it. It just is what it is. And I feel personally that they dislike people that may be innocent because they lack those qualities, which is, is tough. Right. Especially if you come from um, a certain background right? if you come from a background in which you, you lived or stayed in marginalized communities, it's very difficult to overcome those circumstances. And finally, question number six. If a wife beats her husband, what should he do? If a wife beats her husband, what should he do? I think in any situation in this, I know society will tell you different and tell you be a man or, or laugh at you. But I think in this situation, you want to get as far away from your wife as possible um, because abuse is never good, right? Whether you're a man or a woman, abuse is never the answer. It's never cool to put your hands on someone else. So I think 
if, if you ask me, you want to get as far away from your wife as possible until she can understand that you have certain boundaries that you don't want her to cross. And uh, abuse is certainly one of those boundaries. Get away from her. Um, if you need to get a restraining order on her, I invite you to get police involved because when you talk about abuse, it goes along a spectrum. And usually people that are abusers, they don't stop unless they get real, real help. And I mean the help of a, a mental health professional, a psychologist or someone that can help them navigate some of the barriers that they faced in terms of currently face in terms of being able to be good towards other people or at least express themselves in a healthy manner. All right, let's touch on our insight from a former narcissist. Question number one, my covert narcissist divorced me after 25 years of marriage. How can I get him to come back to me? Once again, that question is, my covert narcissist divorced me after 25 years of marriage. How can I get him to come back to me? Uh, I know this is very, very difficult to hear. Um, and I know it's probably even more difficult for you uh, to be able to process. Right. But the main thing that I would invite you to understand is that individual, um, you consider him a narcissist for a reason. Right. There's a reason why you he divorced you or, or you guys got divorced. Right. There's there's a particular reason why you're sending me this question and asking me this question. Right. And that reason is, you know, that this gentleman is a narcissist. And if you are right now, currently, and you have the opportunity to be away from him, I know it's difficult and it's going to take time, but understand that that's the best position for you to be in. Any person that's a narcissist, they do not really care about how you feel. Um, it, it's all about them. Their relationships are all about them and center around them. So uh, this person does not care how you feel. And if you are, I know right now it doesn't feel like it, but if you are fortunate enough to be able to get away from this person, then please stay away. All right. Again, I know I, I keep saying it because I know it's very hard to um, stay away from someone or not want someone or long for someone after being with them for that long period of time. But trust and understand that if you decide to, you have an opportunity now to build a life that you really want um, and a life that that you can be proud of over the course of the next 25 years. Question number two. I've only seen or heard of a, narciss a narcissist talk bad about their exes. Why would my ex-narcissist possibly talk positive about his? Was it a tactic to try to make me jealous? Once again, that question is, I've only seen or heard of a narcissist talk badly about their exes. Why would my ex-narc talk badly about his, his, or positively, excuse me, about his? Was it a tactic to try and make me jealous? Absolutely. Right. I would say absolutely. Um, whenever a narcissist talk positively about their ex, um, it's a way to make you feel insecure about yourself and ultimately make you continually dependent upon them in some way, shape or form. Right. So any time in which a narcissist brings up their ex in a positive manner, um, it's only be to keep you under their control and to try to manipulate you to believe that they're your only source of happiness, you need to continue to be dependent upon them. I would invite you to resist that. Um, and it sounds like since he's, it's your ex um, individual that you messed with, it sounds like you're already past them. But yeah, that's certainly a tactic that that person uses to keep you insecure about the relationship that you're in with them and keep you dependent upon them 
over a long term or a long period of time. Question number three. Is it possible that I'm so traumatized by my ex-narcissist that most people I see seem like they are narcissists? Once again, that question is, is it possible that I'm so traumatized by my ex-narcissist that most people seem like they are narcissists? Absolutely, right? That's an effect of being in a relationship with a narcissistic individual, any type of um, human being deficiencies, right? So we all have our flaws. We all have our deficiencies. So any type of human being deficiencies that you see, you naturally attribute to the narcissistic individual and it, it causes you to put up a defense wall, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Over time, um, I believe that it'll become easier to see that people genuinely make mistakes and not everyone is a narcissist. Again, a narcissist is a unique individual and in that they're constantly um, trying to put you down and make you think that they're above you and that you need to be dependent upon them, right? Not everyone is like that. Some people just simply make mistakes. Um, and uh, that's a part of being a human being, right? Making mistakes are a part of human being, being a human being, excuse me. So not everyone is a narcissist, although um, it's very tough to see it without a dip with a different lens when you've been around a narcissist for so long, right? I would invite you as that, that, that feeling starts to subside, I would invite you to start to create a non-negotiable list. And with this non-negotiable list, put everything that you did not like in the relationship with the narcissist on that list. And as you allow people into your world, make sure that those people um, align with what you want to align with in your morals and values and not with what you experience with that narcissistic individual. Question number four. Why would a narcissist post pics of their child or children on social media when they don't even make effort to see them? Once again, that question is, why would a narcissist post, post pics of their child or children on social media when they don't make an effort to see them? That's a classic narcissistic characteristic trait, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it, it's it's just to give off the perception that there's someone that they know they're not. Right. So when people see them um, posting pictures with their children or of their children, they get a ton of ab admiration and adoration, especially from social media. I think social media is very, very dangerous when we when dealing with narcissistic individuals, because a lot of narcissists get thrills off of perception. Right. So they do that in order to maintain the perception that they're a good person, that they're a good parent um, and that they have everything under control. Right. Classic narcissistic um, type of behavior, type of thing to do. Uh, understand that it's just a tactic that they use. You know, the real them, you know, the real person that they are. So don't let it get to you uh, because they'll keep doing it. And it's just to get adoration from people, right? People that don't really know them and that they can that they can continue to hide right in front of. And finally, question number five. Can you tell if a narcissist is lying to you? Once again, that question is, can you tell if a narcissist is lying to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. My favorite trick when it comes to dealing with narcissistic individuals is holding them accountable. Right. Narcissists do not like being held accountable in any way, shape or form. So uh, if you notice that they may be lying or, or telling you a lie. Just ask them point blank about it and, and try to be as direct as possible 
when when talking to them and you can you'll be able to easily tell that they're lying over the course of time right so accountability is the best tactic to know when a narcissistic individual is lying to you and over time as you continue to hold them accountable you'll eventually see that they are a liar because they can't either um, take responsibility for their behavior or they'll just be dismissive of it in some way shape or form all right that's all we have for you guys tonight Remember, you guys are more than welcome to hit us up at TQLP20 at gmail.com with any questions that you guys have for us. Once again, that email address is TQLP20 at gmail.com or hit us up on our Facebook page, The Quality of Love Podcast. And as always, got as always, whoo, messed up my language there. As always, guys, remember the quality of love and relationships that you have in your life will determine the quality of your life. Peace and love. Oh, by the way, before I go, if you have not yet listened to, please take a moment to listen to my interview that I had recently with the one and only Danielle here of the Red Flag, Red Flag Collectors podcast. She's dope. It was a dope interview um, and uh, it was a good one. Right? I enjoyed it. I did an interview on her podcast not too long ago. So it was great to have her on to my show. Um, and that's how it is, man. Appreciate the love. Um, continue to get all the, the questions in for us so we can continue to help you guys. Peace and love.